The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. Welcome to our 2018 adventure in faith, Bridges to Breakthrough. This is no doubt one of our most timely and powerful adventure in faiths ever. And our wonderful staff has put together some really tremendous material. Each week there'll be um, uh, kind of a resource booklet with exercises and material in it. And you've been given this folder to keep them because, um, man, I'm going to keep these around because uh, change always happens, things happen, and you'll have a a seven-part process to move through it very consciously and powerfully. So all that material is available to you. And uh, this is a time of distinct and dynamic change for Mile High Church. And it's a time of unprecedented change in our society and in our world. And so no one of us is immune from this change process, either as our community or individually. We're not immune. However, what's challenging about this is that we can get caught up in the circumstances of change and our reactions to those change. And if we get caught up in all of that, then we the situations erode and deteriorate and it becomes more difficult and painful for us. So one of the things that is being declared by this adventure in faith is that we can, we can build bridges. Step by step, we can build them. Inner, spiritual bridges. Bridges from... Break down to break through. Bridges from pain into possibility and healing. Bridges from the past into the future. Bridges from what has been to what can be for us, ideally. Bridges to break through. And our our prayer is that we become expert, passionate bridge builders throughout this wonderful series. That we can go forward in our life and build bridges. That's what I'm doing in my personal life. You know, the the force of change is strong and hard at work in my life, as you can no doubt imagine, um, as I enter into this thing called retiring. But actually, I've totally rewritten that. For me, it's now rewirement. Um, Because as, you know, being 42 years in the full church pulpit ministry... Um, my adventure will be to rewire myself and explore who am I beyond that and what does spirit and life want to do for me. But I remind you that this was not an easy decision for me. It was a soul-guided decision. I'm reminded that Wayne Dyer, he said, your soul, that inner quiet space, is yours to consult. It will always guide you in the right direction. It will always guide you in the right direction. And so sometimes those directions will seem a little crazy, um, a little outrageous. But as has been said, blessed are the cracked, for they shall let in the light. And (laughs) sometimes that's what brings greater light into our lives. So we're seeking to become bridge builders, dynamic bridge builders. uh, And in so doing, bridging Mile High Church into the next chapter of its growth and its greatness and also equipping each one of us with the keys and the skills to manage powerfully, consciously, and dynamically change and shifting and growth in our own lives. 
And that's what we're all about. And to support us in that, voila, we have a bridge up here. Uh, and we will be putting in seven planks in that bridge to complete it. And they will have certain key virtue words that I'll be talking about a little bit later. And I think it's a particularly beautiful bridge. And I want to acknowledge uh, our facilities team and most particularly Robert Molesworth on that team, who's a master craftsman who built, I think, just a glorious bridge as a symbol, a very palpable symbol for us. Oh, and I thought you might want to see the bridge we built when we did this series 25 years ago. So there's our more humble bridge. I don't know who that is standing back there by it. But uh, that was the bridge then. And it bridged Mile High into a whole new chapter. It will do the very same thing for us. Bridges. You know, bridges are structures for connection and transition from one space to another. Connection and transition. So where in your life... Do you feel a sense of, it's time for connection, a new connection? Are you in a time of or an experience of transition, shifting in your life? Are the the winds of change blowing fiercely in your life? And how are you dealing with all that? With the fears, the stress, the sadness that can come up with those kinds of things. It doesn't work to put a band-aid on any of that or try to sweep it under the rug. It's important to deal with that, and that's what part of this program's purpose will be. You know, one of the things that happens when uh, there's change or chaos or uh, shifting in our lives is that we can let fear, our fears, focus us on how bad it is or how limited we are, how bleak things seem to be. And that kind of a viewpoint can be very confining to us. Think of it this way. Think of, of, of a pie. Think that you have a pie, and there's a little slice of that pie that represents what you know in your life. Now, for me, that little slice, that slice gets literaler all the time, it seems. <laughs> but the first slice is what you know, and then there's another little slice next door to it. And that's what you're very clear you don't know. I mean, I'm very clear, I do not know calculus. I don't know nuclear biology, if there is such a thing. Uh, I don't know Spanish or German or French. So I'm clear there's some things I don't know. But then you might wonder, well, what's the rest of the pie? Uh, the rest of the pie is what I don't know I don't know. And that's the realm of power. There's a realm of stuff you don't even know you don't know. It's the realm of infinite possibility. It's the realm of divine intelligence. Bridging is that wholehearted, childlike willingness to be led into this realm of unknown possibility for ourselves, to go beyond even anything we can fathom for ourselves or imagine, into the realm of pure and limitless possibility. That's the kind of bridge that is most powerful, and we can build it. So now the first step and our topic today and the first plank in the bridge is accepting change. Accepting change. It's very difficult to build any kind of bridge when you're holding on to what was or when um, you're standing in resistance to the flow 
of the river of change. Uh, In my book, This Life is Joy, I quote the Native American wisdom of the Lakota because they have a saying, and I love it. If you discover that the horse you are riding has died, it is best to dismount. (laughs) Now that is such wisdom. Where in your life are you riding a dead horse? And I comment about that in my book. Understand, there is no need to whip a dead horse. No need to pray for the horse to be resuscitated. No need to try to convince yourself or others that the horse is just napping. No need to hire a consultant or visit a therapist to figure out why the horse won't get moving. There's no need to go around proclaiming that the horse isn't dead, it's just living impaired. And certainly there's no need to call your friends together yet again to complain about the dead horse. How about getting off it? Make the changes that are shouting from every side. Change can be the healthiest, most life-giving of all experiences. What's, are you riding a dead horse? You see, change is life's way to bring forth greater possibility. Change is your soul's way of bringing forth greater possibility. But what I've noticed is that what humanness tends to do when change is either present or on the horizon is one of three things. We tend to either pretend, it's pretending, or clinging or resisting. We go into one of those or some combination of those three, pretending, clinging, and resisting. Yeah, we might start with pretending. We pretend that it's really not changing. Stick our heads in the sand and run away from it. Or pretend that it doesn't hurt when in fact it does. Pretending. And oh, are we experts at clinging? You know, clinging to uh, what was, to the things, the people, and the former ways, clinging to that. Uh, clinging to a false sense of security. Clinging. And perhaps that's, that's why Ram Das said so point on. When we cling to that which changes, we suffer. And then I would ask, what doesn't change? So when we cling to that which changes, we suffer. So if we're not pretending or clinging, then quite often we're resisting. It's as though we're saying to the universe, the only way I'm going down the path of my evolution is you've got to drag me. I'm going kicking and screaming. You're going to have to drag me down the path of my growth. And sometimes we make it pretty tough. In my book, I write a short little thing about a lady in our church who gave me permission to include her story and her name, Pam. Um, and uh, it, was a t- uh, it started with her running a very successful business, family business, in um, training and selling horses. And she was very good at it, and the business was thriving. Uh, and she, in fact, was making a six-figure salary for herself in so doing. And it was all going along swimmingly until she began to sense things within herself, saying, this has been fine, but this isn't your path, and this isn't what you really want to be doing. You need to leave this. She began to have this dream of going into stand-up comedy, of all things. And so some of these inklings we get can be outrageous. And she thought, it is outrageous. I'm not going to do that. I've got this business And my family, I'm responsible to my family for it. And I'm making a whole lot of money. This would be crazy. And she put it out of her mind. Well, then one day she was working with a certain horse. And the horse kicked and shattered her knee. 
And thus she left the horse business. And in fact, she did indeed, after she healed, go into stand-up comedy, and she's doing it swimmingly well. She is very pleased. She's happier than she's ever been. But she told me this story because she said, you know, I needed to be kicked out of the horse business. I wouldn't go on the guidance. I required myself to be kicked out. And see, that's what happened when we are resisting change. It doesn't stop change. (laughs) We lull ourselves into thinking we can. We don't have that power. It doesn't stop change. It just increases our pain in the process when we resist. So absolutely, the transformational bridge, the first step is accepting change. Now, there's some keys about change that we can take in. First of all, most change is a process of birthing. Most change is clearing the way so that something more can be born. Uh, And in in terms of the totality of creation, so much change happens at the world of materiality and effect because that is spirits opening to bring forth higher degrees of intelligence and livingness into expression. And so it keeps the system dynamic. So change is usually birthing something. And it helps to remember that. But what I also know is that change can hurt sometimes. I know that. And we grieve changes, especially losses of a person or a pet or something like that. And we grieve. And you know what? That grieving is important and it's beautiful. Because it's a part of our rich feeling nature. We'll talk more about that next Sunday in step two, which is honoring feelings. But it's so important to allow that grieving. Um, Because you see, we grieve because we have first loved. And so it's It's a beautiful expression of our loving that change comes along and it hurts and we acknowledge it and we grieve. And yet since it's born of love, we would also do well to remember amidst the grieving that love is always encouraging us into greater degrees of living and giving and growing. And so as we're honest with that, we allow it to unfold, then something new can be born. And so we see that change really is a sacred mechanism within the whole of life to continue evolving life. And the second thing it's so important to remember is that change is the way individuals like you and me um, are able to grow and to awaken. And that it's necessary that we have changes to unfold uh, and to awaken uh, in our lives. Now in the material that we've given you, there's a great, great quote from our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes. Nature will not let us stay in one place too long. She will let us stay just long enough to gain the experience necessary to the unfolding and advancement of the soul. Nature demands change in order that we may advance. When change comes, we should welcome it with a smile on the lips and a song in the heart. I mean, that's after we get over the oh, um, change. Then we can move into the smile and the embrace of that change. So, we are not only talking about the steps of bridging, and today's is accepting change, but each week we're going to share with you a power virtue to embody that will support taking that step. And this week's power virtue is courage, and you can see it right there, courage. It's so important to embody courage to accept change. And it's three kinds of courage I invite us to explore this week. First of all, courage to face change. Courage to face change. 
It's developing a lifestyle where rather than running from change when we are in it or see it on the horizon, but that we face it. We face it straight on. Um, I read uh, quite a while ago about a phenomenon uh, among cattle. And, you know, out on the plains and in the ranges, when blizzards and storms come along, they can be extraordinarily fierce. Winds blowing, deep snow, cutting ice being, uh, shredding things. Uh, it's a, kind of a brutal, stark thing. Now, this article said that for many uh, kinds of cattle, uh, species of cattle, that, that when those winds are blowing in the storms like that, they turn their back to the storm and move with it. And they turn their back to it. Eventually, though, they run into some obstacle, such as a fence or something, and they cluster together, and the wind just keeps blowing over them, and it covers them, and they die. But then there are certain breeds, like Herefords, that they don't turn their back and go with that. That, in fact, counterintuitively, they turn into the storm, into the wind, and they walk steadily into that force, into that wind. And if they ever stop, they stand shoulder to shoulder, heads down, and let the wind blow, facing them. And they survive, and they make it through. And I thought, wow, what a powerful metaphor for us to not turn our backs to change, but to face it and actually move into it in our lives. That's a first step of courage, to be willing to come out of denial, out of pretending, out of clinging, out of resisting, and to face change. That's what we're doing as a community. We're facing a big change. We can do it with courage. I love uh, what Mark Nepo, the wonderful friend who's been here, he's one of the greatest writers around. He said, as a frightened man in a burning boat has only one way to the rest of his life, we must move with courage through the wall of flame into the greater sea. It's to face change and move into that greater unknown that we don't know we don't know. But we can't get there unless we face change. So the first step is facing change. Courage to face change. The second step is the courage to embrace change. Because that takes it into another dimension of actually befriending change. Rather than facing it as this hostile thing that shouldn't be, we actually move to a space of befriending it. And, and embracing it so that the higher outcome can come forth in our lives. And this is a very powerful thing. We begin to remind ourselves that change is an instrument of the evolution of life. And so we can flow with it and we can embrace it and we can see it move forward in a higher and better way. Uh, I've told this uh, vignette, a true story before, uh, so I apologize if you've heard it, but I want to hear it again. And it's... (laughs) It's about this wonderful older couple. They just dearly loved each other and uh, had many plans for their future when, tragically, the husband collapsed and died. And the wife was devastated, as we can all understand. Devastated and feeling like there was nothing else for her except making it through to her own end. And uh, she was so devastated that when she was giving instructions for the preparing of the man's tombstone, her husband's tombstone, 
After putting all the pertinent information, life history, on there, she had inscribed, chiseled into the bottom of it, the light of my life has gone out. And we can feel that way sometimes, can't we? When we've had losses or changes, the light of my life has gone out. Well, you know, the serendipity of life guided her into our teaching. And she dived into it, and even though she was still grieving, she began to feel some nourishment and, and some strength coming her way. And that began to build up more and more in her life. And, and she really dived into the teaching, and she took many of the classes, which, again, I can't recommend enough. Uh, and they start this week, so dive into them. So she was really into that. And then as the years passed, about three years in, she remembered saying that she declared a yes to new life in a deep and profound way. And then very soon after that, she met a wonderful gentleman. They dated and she married again and knew that there's always new joy. There's always greater happiness available as we walk our journey, as we go over that bridge of grieving and into the new. But she was troubled um, after she got married with what she had inscribed on her first husband's tombstone. And she didn't know what to do about it, so she thought, well, maybe I'll just replace it. But then she got a better idea. She called up the mason, had him come over, and underneath where she had inscribed, the light of my life has gone out, she had that mason chisel in, I struck a new match. I struck a new match. That's what we can do when we embrace change. We can move through the difficult part and strike a new match in our life, strike a new light, another light of good within our lives. It starts with facing change and embracing change. And finally, there's a state which I would call the courage to grace change. To grace change. Gracing change is not only seeing the change process through to a healthy, better thing in our life, like that lady did. But gracing change is when we offer ourselves up to be grown and evolved through the whole process of whatever's changing. That's where the grace of change shows up is when we realize it's not just about getting through something and replacing it with something better. It's about becoming. It's about one's growth, a greater deepening in spirit. And oh, I know this right now. Because the step I'm taking is extraordinarily difficult for me. Because I love this place and I love this church and I couldn't be more grateful for this teaching that turned the life of a 14-year-old kid around and added power to it, set me on a path I never could have imagined that I didn't know I didn't know. It allowed me to grow in so many ways, meet my wife, have sons and grandkids know and love you and build a couple of buildings and get us on the map in the world. And So when that voice within said, you're complete, I said, no, please no, please no. But you know, at the same time, I knew it was right. And so I've offered myself up. Because I know this is more than just changing what I do day to day, week to week. 
my bridge that I'm going to build right in your presence is I want to, I want to know more about what this means and what's next to, to emerge through me, as me. I know I'll still be serving in some way teaching. I don't know what I'll be doing, but I, I can't not do that. But what will be that new impetus? And moreover, what shall I become? That's when we grace change. And it's the epitome of the change process to not just face it and, yes, embrace it, but then grace it by letting it transform you. Jan DeVries wrote about her little daughter being cast as an angel in a school play and picking it one day going to pick her up from rehearsal. And she said, a precious thing occurred. She said, as I walked closer to the glass entrance, I saw that Sarah, her daughter, had caught sight of a yellow butterfly. She was making an attempt to chase it, but her robe kept tripping her and her wings weighed her down. I could tell she was getting disgusted with her outfit because she was not able to keep up with the butterfly. The next moment, I saw halo wings and robe being shed and tossed into the air. And Sarah, well, she was dashing across another yard, almost touching the butterfly. Her eyes were alive with delight as if she had found treasured gold. And then I remember her words, angel clothes can get in the way. And what her mom got from this, what Jan got, was by tossing off the robe, wings, and halo, getting rid of all the things that got in her way of experiencing life to the fullest, she caught the joy of the butterfly. I want us to catch the joy of the butterfly, even if it means we've got to toss away a bunch of stuff that we've been wearing in our lives. Each week there's a power of virtue, this week is courage. But also each week there's a symbol of accepting change with courage. And that is the butterfly. Because the moment you accept change, the courage facing change, embracing change, the courage to grace change, you enter into the transformational process. So what better symbol than the butterfly? And when you leave here, ushers have a little butterfly, not a real one, but a little butterfly as a symbol to carry with you or to have on your altar. Stephen Levine wrote, It is an insistent grace that draws us to the edge and beckons us to surrender safe territory and enter our enormity. To surrender safe territory and enter our enormity. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church Podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.